Hey, checking in today with Tony Kennedy. He is the Large Lake Specialist out of the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office, and he's certainly busy uh, with a couple of uh, big ones. I, I would, what are the lakes that uh, fall into the Large Lake? Red Lake and then the Cass Chain? Yep, Red Lake and Cass Lake. The, the chain is not considered directly part of the Large Lake program, but we do um, sample that on a 10-year rotation with it. It's actually coming up this year, so we'll be quite busy with Cass this year as our part of the Large Lake program sampling. And that's uh, what we're going to talk about today is Cass Lake. And that's what, what was my first question, actually, Tony, was whether you look at Cass Lake individually or whether you look at that chain as one big body of water since they're sharing so many fish. Sure. Yeah, we do sort of consider it as a chain, uh, and the Large Lake program sampling is annual, but the, the sampling of the connected waters is not annual. Gotcha. So we sort of use Cass Lake as a barometer for what's going on in the chain. We know there's a lot of fish movement um, between and among lakes. Uh, we've done some neat studies that have sort of documented that over the years. And, and interestingly, Pike Bay does not seem to be operating from a walleye standpoint, at least, you know, seems to operate independently. So oh, really? It's, um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of fish movement. There's been several tagging and, and fin clipping studies, and we just haven't seen a lot of movement between the two lakes. A, a modest amount, but not nearly as much as among the rest of the lakes. Okay, interesting. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Cass. You uh, were busy uh, meeting with people and and putting together a whole new management plan for that lake. Yeah, we spent this last winter meeting with a fisheries input group that's made up of a variety of stakeholders, resort owners, anglers, uh, lakeshore residents, uh, business owners, that sort of thing, uh, and just updating our management plan that uh, was in need of it. It had been uh, a couple of decades old since that had been updated, and just really wanting to sort of quantify what we'd been doing. Uh, which seemed to be working, and we wanted to confirm that with the members of the group that, you know, our perception of the status of the cast fishery was uh, was accurate with what they, with their observations. So um, we went through that meet, a series of four meetings this winter, and we've got one final meeting coming up here in June to really finalize that report and um, and move forward as saying yes, this is our management plan for Cass Lake. Okay. Um, now th- I- I'm very curious. What did the, the what did the public tell you? Well, um, by and large, our, our observations and their observations were the same, which that's always encouraging, that, that what we're seeing in our nets and our interpretation of whether that's providing a good fishery or, uh, you know, a fair fishery or a poor fishery is, is the same. And so for really for the last 15 years, since, since about 2000, um, our numbers per net for walleyes have been 10 to 15, maybe as high as 16 or 17 a couple times, but... Um, and we thought that, by and large, that was providing a good fishery. We get a strong year class about every three years, and that seems to, to carry that fishery, which is managed with the statewide walleye regulation, so it doesn't have a, a slot limit or a reduced bag like some of the other large lakes. And um, Our perception was, oh, for the last 20 years, we've had good fishing out there, and, and they were in agreement with that, that if we can manage just walleyes at the level they've been at for the last 20 years, that that provides them you know, good angling opportunities, good for their business, and that sort of thing. 
Okay. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about Cass Lake. Um, and we'll, we'll get into some of the AIS stuff a little bit later, but I just want to talk about the fish and the health of the fish right now. So walleyes are good. The other thing I've heard great reports on for probably the last decade is muskies, great muskie fishing on Cass Lake right now. Yeah, it's been really good. I know I talked to one of the local guides here, and he said last year on Cass was one of his best years out there. And, um, and that was a stark contrast from the year before was very poor, so that just shows you that even with the same population, you know, the muskie population didn't drastically change from one year to the next. You know, they're a long-lived species. Um, just environmental conditions and, you know, uh, the how much forage is available and that sort of thing can really change the bite. And, you know, some adjusting to some of the clear water as a result of the zebra mussels, um, it was part of that too. But um, it, it is a natural native uh, muskie population, so it's a little different than the Bemidji and the Plantain where, you know, there's not a lot of fish. It's a very low-density population in those lakes, but when you do catch one, they tend to be giants. Um, Cass Lake is much more balanced, and you'll, you'll catch fish in the high 20s, low 30s, all the way up, you know, into the low 50s. Which is catch rates tend to be a little higher too because you've got that broad size range, and that would make sense that you'd have that range when when it's a natural population like that. That's that's the way those populations work. Yeah, it is. Um, you know the the stock populations that were started in the eighties, you know, sort of peaked um, with these large fish. You know, maybe ten years ago, and they're sort of still heavily dominated by those fish where survival was very good when we first stocked them and. Um, and so they've existed here at these large sizes, old fish getting recycled through the catch and release process, you know. And um, whereas Cass has much more consistent recruitment of of those young fish coming into the population, we actually identified that in our management plan as as something to as a desirable condition. We want to see a lot of small fish in our muskie assessments that tells us we're getting that consistent recruitment that keeps that balanced population. Okay. Um... So we know you got great muskies. We know you got great walleyes. Um, what else is in, uh, you know, cast like uh, usual suspects, I imagine? Yeah, the yellow perch fishing right now has been really good. Uh, this past winter there was lots of good reports, and it really it was described to us by some of the resort owners as exploding last fall. Hmm. And that was sort of interesting. And then when I worked up the fish from our gillnet assessment this winter and saw some of the growth rates, it was it all sort of made sense that the growth rates of our perch have really exploded. So... Fish that were seven inches last spring, which is you know not desirable by anglers, by fall they'd reach nine nine and a half inches. Some of them even larger. They grew like two and a half inches in a in a single growing season. Um, so they went from undesirable to highly desirable by the end of that same year. And so the fall fishing for perch, which is very popular out there, September and October, um, was was fabulous. And then this winter, the, the ice travel wasn't that great, and so that probably cut down on some of the angling opportunity. But uh, the guys that were getting out late ice and, you know, before the snow came, they they put together some nice catches, fish up uh, well over 13 inches even. So um, some really nice perch out there right now. Okay. Um, do, you, do you get much uh, bluegill and crappie fishing out there? Um, a little bit in some isolated pockets right. by some tight-lipped anglers. You know, <laughs> um, you know Allen's Bay tends to, it's, you know, the western bay where the Mississippi River comes in is, is a shallower, weedier, um, ha- has more of that crappie, bluegill-type habitat. Okay. Um, and there are some little pockets there sort of seasonally in the spring when they're shallow. Um, but a lot of the connected waters have a good fishing. You know, Kitchy has some good panfish. Um, the crappies really even big wolf, Andrusia, you know, Kitchy, all those connected, big rice, uh, 
the rice lakes that are up the turtle chain to the north of Cass Lake, um, that it's all accessible by boat um, out of Cass Lake. All have some good panfish opportunities as well. So not so much in Cass proper, but the connected waters. And we don't know as much about those as we do the fish in Cass itself because of the annual sampling. But sure. we are going to take a, a closer look at that. This We do a, a chain-wide assessment every 10 years, and 2019 is, is the chain-wide assessment. So we're really looking forward to getting a, a good look at, at those species in those connected waters this year. Okay. Um, what about northern? Northern Cass has a, a nice population of, say, 26 to 32-inch fish, those real nice high-quality fish. Uh, not a lot of trophy fish like a like the upper red might have or Lake of the Woods, but they're really thick fish. You know, when you put grab them by the back of the head, you know, you're, it's all you can do to get your hand around them because you know we've got a good Cisco population that supports that the pike and the muskies, and and they're really heavy fish for their for their length. But mm. a lot of those nice fish that with the new North Central Zone regulation would be available for harvest. Those fish over 26 inches, you know, mm. uh, right. Not, not as many of the fish on the smaller end. It's a relatively low-density um, northern population. It, uh, we were at two northerns per gillnet this last assessment, and we were pleased to see that because for about 15 years prior, we'd been seeing this slow increase from about two or two and a half per net up to about five, yeah. which is still relatively low in the in the north-central zone sort of look at it. Um, but we were nice to see that come down back to like three. This last year was 2.0. You know, I, I would expect it'll bounce back up a bit from there. But if we can stay in that, you know, two and a half to four range, we should continue to produce those nice quality pike. So, yeah, explain that to me as a layman and others. Uh, what 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 is it about the two to four that you like? Yeah, so the lower density pike populations tend to promote good growth rates, uh, and that allows those fish to reach those larger sizes over 26 inches and available for harvest under that regulation. When we have the high density of the small pike, the sort of the hammer handle condition, um, that's more problematic because they're competing with each other. It slows down their growth rate, and then it's harder for any of those individuals to actually reach those larger sizes. Okay. So that's, that's the idea of that north central right. zone regulation is to free up those smaller fish under 22 inches, the surplus fish to be harvested if anglers so choose. Um, and then maintaining those numbers of fish over 22 inches um, will help suppress the recruitment of the smaller fish in the population and help keep that balance. So, you know, when we see walleye catch rates, we like to see higher catch rates because that means there's more walleyes out there to catch. When we see higher northern pike catch rates, that tends to mean slower growth and smaller fish. We are just scratching the surface. A lot more to come with Tony Kennedy on Cass Lake and the Cass Lake Chain. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country with your host, Kev Jackson. He's the one asking the stupid questions. Some people fish, some people don't. Those people are clueless. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. My guest today is Tony Kennedy. He's the Large Lake Specialist out of the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office. We're talking to Cass Lake and the Cass Lake Chain. There's a new management plan for Cass Lake after a series of meetings with the Fisheries Input Group. Let's uh, talk a little bit about your meetings. What were you hearing from the community? Uh, what were their biggest concerns? Sure. Well, um, the, this bounce in perch fishing was nicely timed because the last two or three years, the perch fishing in Cass, had, the size-wise, had been struggling. Um, and so, and we had just come off a period of really good fishing shortly before that, back around 2010, 2012. Um, and for several years there, when I heard complaints about Cass Lake, it was size of yellow perch. So, so this 
increase in growth rates and the the recovery of this perch fishery to to having a lot of harvestable fish out there was was well timed uh, before this meeting. But um, <laughs> by and large, uh, you know, we heard some of the EIS concerns and that sort of thing. But from a fish population standpoint, they were pretty um, pleased, I think, and content with the fishery that we have. You know, um, the balanced musky population, the good. Uh, sizes of perch available, the walleye abundance, and and the, you know, they like having the the statewide regulation and the you know some additional harvest opportunity there, and um, so by and large we heard that they were satisfied and just sort of keep doing what you're doing, and so that's largely what this plan did is really formalize what we've been doing for the last twenty or thirty years that has produced this fishery that's that seems to just be so steady for us, um, just to really formalize and say yep let's let's continue on this path. Okay. Um, what kind of pressure? I mean, obviously the lake gets a lot of pressure. Yeah, it does. There's a lot of recreational pressure out there, too, in the sure. summertime. There's yeah. a lot of folks, you know, come and stay at the resorts, play during the day, water ski tubes, swim on the, you know, nice sand beaches, and, you know, spend some time out on the islands on the sandbars. And, and then when nighttime rolls around them, you know, uh, the fishing boat comes out and, and get out there and do a lot of crankbaiting after dark for walleyes or uh, that sort of thing. So. Um, a lot of pressure, um, but it's key to be at low light if you're if you're after the walleyes, you know. And and with the clearing of the water from the zebra mussels here, that already popular night bite has become you know almost an exclusive low light walleye bite. You know, it's it's tough to get them there in the middle of the day. You know, some of the guides even that rely on catching fish in the middle of the day have, that's been their biggest change it's not that they can't catch fish anymore the fish aren't there but they have a hard time doing it at the time of day when their clients maybe want to be fishing right that is and and really how much clearer can that lake get i mean it's, it's as clear a lake as I, I think i've ever seen yeah it is and and so that's where you know uh, i know the anglers on winnie have been going through an adjustment for example um with the with the clear water that they've had over there whereas on Cass Lake, there was already that low-light fishing history because it is has been so clear. Um, and last year, it maybe was not quite as clear, um, at least for the whole year, as it had been the year before would be my observation. Um, and so I think that helped a little bit with um, with the bite and, and even some of our sampling, frankly, that, you know, where the fish, less avoidance of our sampling gear and that kind of thing. So um, it'll it'll be interesting to see how, how clear it stays if mm-hmm. um, if the how much longer it'll take before the zebra mussel reaches its peak density um, and how much clearing effect that'll have. So, And there's not much we can do it at this point until we can figure out a way to kill zebra mussels without destroying the entire fishery. Yeah, so, you know, we're sort of stuck with the zebra mussels. And, you know, one, one potential thing that's, that's probably really spurred, I mentioned that fast perch growth, and, and the walleyes are actually also growing um, at a fast rate than they were, but one of the effects of the zebra mussels is they take all of those nutrients, the phytoplankton, the algae that's out there floating around in the water, and they're filtering all that water, and that's what's clearing the water, is they filter the algae out. So they're taking that energy that goes into the zebra mussel. Well, then when they excrete um, the nutrients as they process you know, their food, uh, that pulls all that energy, and then um, it, those nutrients are now along the bottom of the lake rather than suspended out of the lake, and we speculate that that's really led to the, the recent explosion we've seen in the rusty crayfish out there. Mm. Uh, rusty crayfish are another invasive species, but they've been in Cass Lake since 1997, and they've sort of been localized to the western shore, and, um, you know, we'd catch a few hundred in our sampling gear, 
and over the last five years or so, they've really expanded lake-wide, and their abundance is just, I mean, when you drive in that clear water across those shallow flats, you can just see crayfish scurrying everywhere. And they're a really high-quality food item, particularly for the perch. I'm sure the other species are eating them as well, and I've, I've heard anglers report, you know, even muskies and stuff eating them. But um, I think that's really what's spurred on this increased perch growth. So whether that will persist for over several years or whether this is will be another sort of boom of this species and then things will go back to more normal, we don't know yet. Okay. All right. Um Let's talk, and I know you're you're doing the analysis this year, the assessments of the lakes this year, but what generally is considered the cast lake chain? What lakes are involved in that? Yeah, so when we talk about the chain directly, it's pretty much what we can get boat traffic to. Okay. Um, so the upstream extent up the Mississippi arm of, of the tributary would be Big Wolf Lake and Lake Andrusia, and then Lake Andrusia flows into Cass. And then if we go up the Turtle River, you go through Pug Hole, which is kind of just a wide spot in the river, or Pike Hole, um, and then into Kitchy Lake, and then Big and Little Rice Lakes are a little bit further up the Turtle River. And all of that is accessible. If you were, say, staying at a resort on Cass Lake, you could drive a boat to any of those lakes. Okay. Um, as well as Pike Bay. Um, I mentioned from a fish standpoint, particularly walleyes, there's not a lot of interchange, um, but you can certainly drive a boat to Pike Bay, and, and a lot of folks do. And, and the walleye fishing out there has been very good as well. That. Okay. That system is um, a fry-stocked um, lake that has been producing some periodic strong year classes and, and provided a, a really good harvest walleye fishery as well. Do all of those lakes you mentioned have good strong walleye fisheries? I know Wolf and Andrusia do for sure, and Kitchy as well. Yeah, yeah, they really do, uh, particularly early in the season. You know, as these fish migrate up the tributaries um, to spawn in those rivers, which is where the best spawning habitat in the chain is, is, is in those rivers. Um, on a year like this with, you know, maybe slightly later than average ice out and cooler temps here now are persisting. So I would expect that the best fishing in the cast chain will be in those upstream lakes for the first few weeks of the season. And then cast lake itself will probably heat up more in, in June and, and the walleye fishing out there will really pick up. Uh, but those river miles are always very popular in each of those lakes. The inlets and outlets are popular places to fish. Now, are there, are there muskies in all those lakes as well? There are, yeah. Um, relatively low. We've never done a chain-wide muskie assessment just because of the manpower and the mm -hmm. effort that it would take to do that. Um, we do, um, about every five or six years, we do a muskie assessment on cast proper. But there are, we've even seen you know muskies up at the power dam that have swam all the way up the river all the way to the dam in the spring. That's not terribly uncommon. So it's, it's pretty low density, and I don't think there's a lot of targeted angling pressure, but they certainly, you know, are there to be caught in those lakes. Okay. Well, it sounds like uh, you'd, you'd probably give it a grade of like an A if you were a teacher. Well, I, I heard you on with Carl Peterson, and he gave himself an A minus, so I think I have to go A just to stay one half a grade above Carl. So. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, it sounds like everything, but it sounds like your populations are in great shape, and like you say, you're you know you don't have to worry about perch. You're having a great time with perch right now. We are. Our abundance is down a little bit as far as total abundance, um, and I know you know. I caught some of that interview with, with Carl, and I'm aware of what's going on in Leech. But, um, so we do have our eye on the perch. Um, we'd like to see those numbers come up a little bit, but from an angling standpoint, we're in good shape. And I think we still are um, at a high enough abundance where there's plenty of forage because perch, I mean, perch are what make these walleye fisheries run, you know. So mm -hmm. um, we're not short there, but we've been on the lower end of average 
for the last several years. But this increased growth, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in both abundance and size. Okay. So, but but by and large, things out there, yeah, they're they're sort of clicking right along and 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 going well. You and I were talking just off the air a few weeks ago about uh, the explosion of ice angling and the and the increased pressure, and certainly that's happened on red. Is has that happened on casts as well? It really hasn't, um, and that that's sort of an that's something we did talk about in our uh, fisheries input group. Is the summer pressure out there is very high, but the winter pressure is negligible, um, hmm. and it's really some of that is ice travel. Um, there there's a a history of ice ridges along a lot of those bars. Cast Lake is sort of made up of five major basins that have these shallow sandbars that sort of um, bisect the lake, and so um, it can be sort of difficult to get around the lake, and there's not a great road infrastructure. Um, And frankly, the walleyes just really don't seem to bite much in the winter. I mean, even the local guys that you'd think would really have it figured out, you know, you can go find a few, but... um, one of the resort owners on our group had mentioned, you know, if people call and uh, are interested in coming ice fishing and they want to catch walleye, he tells them don't bother. <laughs> he says if you want to come up and fish perch and maybe catch a few walleyes, then this is a great place to come. But yeah. if you want to come up and you want to go walleye fishing in the wintertime, you'd be better off to find a different lake, you know. Okay. And, you know I appreciate his honesty in that and, um, you know, as far as angler expectations go. But it, it's sort of curious. They just, they're hard to target. Okay. And, and that said, given our level of harvest and um, that we do have in open water, it's probably a good thing that it sort of gets a break in the wintertime <laughs> because we certainly couldn't support the level of harvest that we have in the summer and the winter as well, or, you know, things would sort of fall apart on us. So. Right. Okay. So all in all, things looking good on casts, and as far as we know, and you'll find out more this uh, this summer uh, on the uh, on the chain in, in general. Yeah, the the cast chain is a healthy fishery. That's um, it's really a great resource to the Bemidji Cast Lake area. Okay. Anything else we should know about this? No, I think other than mark it on your calendar to to get out there, especially early in the season, and and take advantage of the of an above average walleye population we have right now, and and the way the spring is shaped up, it should be a, a real good option here for the first few weeks of the season. All right, Tony Kennedy is the Large Lake Specialist out of the Bemidji Area Fisheries Office. We're talking Cass Lake today. Tony, hey, thanks for taking the time today. We appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, Kev. Fish Call it Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A dual operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.